Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on our Facebook, YouTube and Twitter channels and later on our podcast channel. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined as usual by our Newcastle United editor, Aaron Stokes. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening later on our podcast channel, thanks for tuning in. Remember to follow and like the podcast and leave us a rating and review if you get the chance. Uh, Aaron, as it seems with Newcastle of late, this isn't going to maybe be a podcast full of joy, happiness, (laughs) hope and any other word you want to throw in when you're in a good mood. Newcastle have been hit by injuries. They were suffering before the international break. There was some optimism when Bruno returns and then he, he, he left the pitch against Bournemouth. Um, turned out Eddie Howe admitted that he, he played him for longer than he had initially hoped for. Um, he went away with Brazil, as did Alexander Isak with Sweden. Um, Chris Wood with New Zealand and the bad luck just continues. We will start with Bruno Gomes, who has left the Brazilian camp. Just give our listeners a bit of insight into what is going on, what the injury is that he suffered and, and does it rule him out potentially for the game against Fulham this weekend? Yeah, so Bruno is a bit of a tricky one. Um, he picked up an injury last week when he went out to, to international duty, a different injury um, than he'd been suffering obviously in, in recent weeks where he missed those three Newcastle games. Um, so he's picked up a, a thigh injury. There was a bit of swelling in his left thigh. Um, and, you know, the Brazil doctors took a look last week. He was assessed at the team hotel. Um, he missed the 3-0 win over Ghana on Friday. He was on the bench, but it was sort of always known that he wouldn't be uh, featuring that friendly win. And they've now made the decision to send him home um, rather than keeping him in the squad for Tuesday's game. So, you know, I think the positive is that, you know, he's, he's came back. He's already been at Benton today. He's been in the gym um, doing a bit of solo training. But I think... Um, you know the fact that Brazil thought he wasn't going to be fit enough for tomorrow's game is is a bit of a worrying sign as to whether he'll be fit enough or not for uh, for Saturday. Because he's absolutely crucial, isn't it, mm. to what to what Newcastle want to achieve? But we, I think, we need to see him getting a few games under his belt. So this little setback, even if it doesn't rule him out for this weekend against Fulham, it's still a setback Newcastle would rather not had. 100%. I mean, I think, you know, you've lost so much creativity in that midfield with Shelby gone. Um, you know, even though Newcastle struggled against Bournemouth, there was a notable, um, you know, it was noticeable how much they moved the, the ball better in midfield when Bruno plays. So he was just going to sort of take the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, and you think, you know, going down to Fulham, which will be a tricky class on Saturday, they've started really well. Um, and I think, you know, going at that game without Bournemouth, uh, sorry, without Bruno... Um, is, is going to be a real, real challenge for them if he can't make it. Now, the other big injury concern is that of Alexander Isak, a man who has started his Newcastle United career very well, scored two goals since his, his move, did look a little isolated against Bournemouth in, in the last episode we chatted about the system and, and what have you does, Eddie Howe. 
persevere with this system that is definitely suited more to Callum Wilson than it is to Isaac or Chris Wood or does he change it up? Now given the fact that Isaac has also left his camp, the Swedish camp, very early on in this international break, there are genuine concerns that he could be ruled out for a few weeks which would just be a huge blow even with Callum Wilson believed to be returning in time for that Fulham game. Yeah, a huge blow. Um, different sort of injury to, to Bruno and the, and, and the severity looks very different given that Sweden wasted very little time sending him home. You know, Isaac or Isaac picked up the injury um, last Tuesday, trained by himself for Sweden um, and they sort of took an early decision that he wouldn't be fit enough to play those, to play those two Nations League games on, on Saturday or Tuesday. So... Isaac returned home a lot earlier last week. Um, you know, there's general fears that he's probably going to miss more than Bruno, um, which is a which is a massive um, massive blow. Given, you know, he's sort of hit the ground running in the in the sense that he scored two goals in his first three games. Yes, his link up play and his overall game hasn't been amazing, um, but you know, he, he's he's had, he's had a good start, and I think. With Wilson back, it would have been good to see that partnership, but it looks like we may have to wait a couple of weeks to see that now. What does this do for the mood within the dressing room? We we, we know, you know, some Newcastle United fans, uh, while not on the back of Eddie Howe or the team, you know, they're still, and quite rightly, wanting more points on the board. It hasn't been the best start of the season, even though Newcastle have only lost once. Losing your star striker at a very start-stop uh, start of the, the campaign, isn't it? Because ideally you want Callum Wilson coming back in with, with Isaac, they're fit and raring to go. And just when things seem to be on the injury front picking up, we are then getting the news that XYZ is injured. And, and it's Newcastle's look is just, it's, it's not very uh, good at the moment, but what do you think it does for the mood within within the camp? Look, I, I think the mood overall is, is generally good. You know, I don't think there's anyone too disgruntled. I think you know, there's a lot of frustration. Eddie Howe admitted that after um, the Bournemouth game that, you know, they're sort of, as a, as a group, they're frustrated that they haven't got more points on the board. Um, they've just been very, very unlucky at the start of the season and it's such a shame. And one potentially good thing is that St Maxman's been quite vocal on, on Instagram talking about his next celebration, but even he's not guaranteed to be back this weekend. There's still a, there's still a few reports of, of doubts here and there where they'll be ready to face for them. Yeah, there, there was obviously there was a hope that he would be back for Bournemouth along with Wilson. Um, you know, Wilson was a strictly a case that Eddie Howe didn't want to risk him. Whereas for St Maximum, you know, he did suffer a setback um, with the physios earlier that week, which has sort of delayed his um, delayed his return. You know, from what we understand, you know, as of this morning, it looks like you know there's no guarantees that we'll be starting on Saturday or that he'd be back, but. You know, if you're going off his social media and if you go on what he certainly thinks, um, you know, he seems to think that he's going to be back. We know that, um, you know, he's used his break. Eddie Howe give the players a bit of time off at the start of the international break and Max, he used it to go over to Monaco um, to get, you know, some sort of one-on-one um, work done with a trainer. I've seen a couple of clips from that, from that trainer session and he looked very, very sharp. So look, hopefully, you know, how and, and the Newcastle doctors give them the all clear for Saturday because um, I think even more so than Bruno in the last couple of games, he's been the player we've missed because, you know, we say it every week, Al- Almiron and Fraser will, will do all the running in the world, but they just don't seem to have that, um, you know, that killer instinct. And I think that's why 
we probably haven't seen the best of Isak so far is because he hasn't actually had you know, the type of service that we think Maxi's shown in the first couple of games this season. Um, now we've fixed the audio, just go back in and we'll just quickly re-answer the, the question on, on, on Chris Wood. He's picked up, picked up an injury and um, potentially what it means for options aside from, well, the three strikers who, who are, are there, um, Isak, Wilson and Wood, and, and what it means for, for January as well. Yeah, I think obviously Chris Wood suffered an injury yesterday. He only played 33 um, minutes of, of New Zealand's defeat to Australia. He came off, said that you know he felt like someone had popped in his rib um, and he was struggling to breathe. So you think if he does manage to get fit on Saturday, um, he'd be playing you know very much through the pain barrier, which obviously isn't ideal. And yeah, just as what we were saying for January, I think... Um, you know, Newcastle was sent a clear message in the summer, which was meant to be the easier of the two transfer windows to get deals done. And that was that clubs, you know, were going to make it very, very difficult um, to do deals with them. So I think we already know that Ashworth and, and Darren Eels and, you know, they've, they've appointed a few more people behind the scenes to try and make sure that um, they get, you know, the right deals done and very, very early in January. So it is a reminder to them um, that they're short, but I, I do think Eddie Howe and his backroom team knew that going in, uh, um, going in the last couple of games. And I guess the, the issue is with, with these injuries as well, especially with Wilson and St. Maxman, they're, they're kind of injuries which you know are probably going to reoccur at some stage as well. So it's not just about getting them fit, it's about wrapping them up in cotton wool. So if, if Callum Wilson is back on Saturday... There's going to be so much work going into making sure that he gets through the 55, 60 minutes and then the work really begins to make sure he's ready for the game after that, the Brentford game, the game that follows that game because you know he is so unfortunately injury prone that one little you know step turn, he could be out for another four or five games. I think Eddie Howe in an ideal world would want to do what he did with Bruno last, last week at Bournemouth and only give him, you know, ideally an hour at the minute where we're standing it probably doesn't look like that's going to be an option because you know if Wood and, and Isaac don't make it which they might not um, you know we're very very limited options but this is the thing with Callum Wilson you've got to balance it so finely but at the start of the season you know he was absolutely flying he looked fit as a fiddle and then we just know that it can go so it's a real dilemma as to what he does Saturday you know Wilson looks the most positive out of all the players that have been sidelined um, we know he's very very close to making the squad against Bournemouth and they made a late call not to what do you do do you give him 90 because you haven't got any other options do you give him 60 and have to just do a sort of makeshift um, you know attack when he, when he comes off it, it's an interesting one but I think a lot of it will probably depend on how he's feeling and also how the game goes you know if Newcastle are level pegging at nil nil on the hour mark. We saw it last week with Bournemouth where Howe said he wanted to give Bruno an hour, but because they weren't winning, he felt he had to eke a little bit more out of them. And look, I'm not saying that's what's caused this injury this week, but if anybody's going to get re-injured, it's going to be Callum Wilson. So they need to be very, very careful with him this week. Probably as well a big test of, of Callum Wilson's character in terms of he will want to play. You've seen Ivan Tony get an England call-up and he'll mm -hmm. want to be within a chance of, of getting his own call-up for, for the World Cup. And you do maybe wonder if it comes down to, like, you know, not 50-50, but something where he, he's not feeling 100%. Will Callum Wilson be honest and say, look, I'm not I'm not feeling it today? Or will he think he's got a, a sense of duty to the you know to himself and to the club to, to say, do you know what, I'll, I'll risk it, which in the long term could actually prove 
um, you know, the wrong decision. I think Callum Wilson and knowing Callum Wilson and, and how much he loves his football, I think he'd be saying, "Now nah, I'm fit to play," which we which we know probably wouldn't be the best idea. But um, no, he's the type of player that will run through brick walls, and I think if Newcastle United desperately need him this Saturday because they've got no other option, I think he would be fine to play. But Eddie Howe's not like that. Eddie Howe will not want to take any risks with him. Um, and we know with Callum Wilson, there's so, there's so many risks sort of attached to him. Um, and yeah, it's just a shame that he can't be eased back in. You know, it would have been great to see him get back up to fitness, start Isaac for an hour, then play Wilson. It just hasn't happened like that. And that's just the way it goes. Newcastle have just been very, very unlucky in the last couple of weeks. You must, if you're Eddie Howe and you're sitting there this week and every time the phone rings you'll be thinking oh who is it now <laughs> mm-hmm. so well I mean yeah I mean he, he, the very first day of the international break you know he had quite a boost in the fact that Botman withdrew um, and said you know he wanted to focus on Newcastle rather than going to um, play with the Netherlands on the 20 ones and he thought oh you know that's a brilliant start you know it's one less body to get injured little did we know three days later you know two or three of the best players are now are now looking to be sidelined and does it also highlight as well, you know, maybe what's to come within the youth ranks? Because at this point when you've got your number nine, he's probably not match fit. He might be fit, but he's not going to be match fit. You've got your £60 million striker out injured for maybe a few weeks. You've got your your third player striker also not 100% fit. You would then hope you, you can turn to a to a striker in the under-23s, under under-21s, but there just doesn't seem to be anyone to step up at the moment. Um, I know Elliot Anderson's there and thereabouts, but he's not a forward player in terms of an out-and-out striker. You have to hope that maybe that it's another you know, wake-up call, um, and we know Dan Ashworth and Eddie Howe, they want to improve the, the youth system, but it's another wake-up call to, to, to maybe move it up a gear because they haven't got any other options when after these three strikers. Yeah, definitely, and I think... We've seen the work that they've done over the summer with with buying not just you know top class first team players, but putting a real emphasis now on buying the best youngsters in the country. You look at Charlie MacArthur from Kilmarnock. You look at Jordan Hackett who was who left Spurs. Um, Alex Murphy from Galway, all fantastic young players, but admittedly all defenders or goalkeepers or or midfielders. So. You do look at that under-23 squad who have had quite a poor start to their uh, Premier League 2 campaign and there isn't really a standout player you would think that could make the step up, especially not in that attacking uh, position that they need. So, look, as you say, it is probably an area that Ashworth are looking at and thinking, yeah, you know what, we could we could maybe do with getting a really young, talented under-23 striker that could make the step up, just as Elliot Arneson has in that different position. I mean, the hope will have to be that Arneson is available for the game against Fulham. Do we have any any update on him? Do we think he'll be there or thereabouts? Anderson, we know as we understand that he probably should be fit. Eddie Howe was very, very quick to clear up um after Bournemouth that it was a you know a very minor niggle. Um it didn't look like that he'd trained for about ten days beforehand. Um but it's not been described as serious by the club. So hopefully, you know, as you say, he's not an out and out striker but any attacking option at, at at this stage would be would be welcome. So Anderson back, you would hope. Wilson looks like he's going to be back in the fold. Maxi touch and go. If Isaac and Bruno hadn't been injured on an international break, you'd be going into Fulham quite confident. Obviously, it hasn't worked like that, but um, it looks like all the players that were missing 
before the international break will be very very close to at least making the bench on Saturday I think one thing you'll you'll get as well and this will probably backfire when we hear the house press conference on, on <laughs> Friday but don't jinx it please for now he's not making he's not using this as an excuse is he? he's not using the injuries that were there before and I don't think he'll use the injuries that they've picked up now he may mention it in a, in a passing comment because he will have to you know it, it, someone will ask him about it but I don't think as previous managers will have done when they've gone through a horrible run of luck when it comes to injuries and, and, and their best players missing will use it you know as that first and foremost reason why Touchwood this doesn't need to be had but why they've lost to Fulham for example yeah. you know and I think that's that, that that's Eddie Howe and that's why we why I think Newcastle got such a good manager there because you know, it's all about the players that he's got to pick from. Yes, it's annoying that Callum Wilson hasn't played for three weeks or Isaac's picked up this injury, but he can't do anything about that on Saturday. So he has to get the best out of the players um, that he's got. And I think that's, I think that's you know, a really good trait of, of Eddie Howe. Oh, 100%. I mean, he, he has mentioned it. You know, the injuries have been, you know, it's no secret. We, we ask him about it. He responds about it. He knows that they've been terribly unlucky. But as you say, he's never once used it as a, you know, this is why we've only won one out of seven. You know, this is why we keep drawing games. Um, I'm sure he's thinking that behind the scenes. But Eddie Howe knows, and Jason Tindall knows, and his backroom team, they know that they just have to find the best alternative and that it can't be an excuse that... You know, they're missing key players, they're not winning games. Um, so how will be working as also on the training ground to make sure that um, you know, they're really, really doing all they can to win, you know, when they haven't got Maxi, when they haven't got Wilson, when they haven't got Isaac. Yeah, most certainly. I mean, we've got Kieran Tripp, yeah, Nick Pope involved in the England setup. Um, obviously not the best uh, in terms of results for England. Um, but good to see them involved and it, it sets the, the, the standard of, of, of the kind of players Newcastle United are targeting you know it's, it's been a long time since they've had players in the national setup with England and even though it's not gone particularly well in terms of you know results it is great to see Newcastle having a couple of players involved Oh 100% I mean I think I saw some very silly stat on Twitter the other day that you know Newcastle United haven't had an England number one in their ranks for about 100 years so Look, fantastic for Pope, fantastic for Trip. Yeah, whether they're going to play too much in the World Cup, we don't know yet. But just being around that group, it'll breed confidence in them, especially Nick Pope. I mean, Trip has been there, done it at tournaments. But for Nick Pope, um, who is now Newcastle United's out and out number one, must be a huge confidence boost for him, knowing that you know John Pickford's got injured in the last couple of weeks, and he's the first. You know, he was the one that was called on over Ramsdale. Um, you know, it's yet to be seen whether he'll he'll do the same tonight against Germany. You would probably expect that he drops out. Um, but yeah, yeah, really, really good. I'm actually sitting here hoping that they both don't play tonight because I just think if we lose any more players, then we're not going to have a team. Um, but yeah, really, really good to see them involved and hopefully um, both in both in the World Cup in, in a month's time. Back to back to Newcastle. They've appointed a first team data analyst. Um, Andrew Forrester comes in, decades of experience, you know, with with various companies making tools, developing tools, um, that produce the data to you know make sure you get the best results on and off the pitch. And it's just another step by Newcastle to show to to ensure that every advantage they can possibly have to make this team, to make this club as good as it can be and as competitive as it can be, it's been done. Yeah, I mean, they're really, really pushing the boat out in terms of 
um, making sure they've got the very best of the backroom staff in. Um, and I mean, look, Premier League clubs have been doing this for years with data analysts and, and jobs like that. Newcastle United are playing catch up a bit now. But yeah, really good to see that they've got another body in, someone who's going to work really closely with Ashworth and how to make sure that um, they're getting the right type of players in. We know that Andrew Forrester, who they've just brought in, um, you know, he's previously worked with other Premier League clubs to make sure they've got a certain model um, which will help their decisions when they're bringing players in as to, you know, will they fit in with the playing style? Um, will they fit in with, you know, the ethos of the club? So, yeah, look, another another really good appointment. Um, I think, you know, you look at, you know, this backroom team that they've assembled and, um, you know, yes, we don't know too much about Andrew Forrester, but um, really, really good to see that, you know, they're making sure they're giving themselves, you know, the best opportunity. Um, and I say they are playing catch-up, you know, Premier League clubs have been doing this for a while. It's no it's no, see, uh, no secret, but um, it'll give Newcastle United, you know, a real, real boost when it comes to January and next summer and beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Billy Anthony Garris asks is it true that Newcastle are planning to wait on Leicester City to get a midfielder as uh, various reports on social media we know they were interested in James Madison Yui Tillemans was another one linked and it said that Graham Jones could be the, the secret weapon to potentially getting that deal done uh, I mean Leicester are in, in I, they're in a bit of a mess I'm not really sure how Brendan Rodgers is, is, is still in, in charge there um, you know, in a way, I guess it's 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 um, it's nice to see clubs going against the, the the usual path where most managers probably would have been sacked by now to, after saying what he said about transfers and then the the, the results that they've had so far. Uh, I mean, they'll be over the moon to have kept Tillemans and, and Madison. I think Madison's really shown over the last well since the season started, really, just why Newcastle was so keen for him, but equally why Leicester were so keen that if they were going to sell, it was going to cost Newcastle a very pretty penny. Brilliant, brilliant attitude from Madison. He's had all that, you know, sort of transfer business swirling over the summer. And as you say, from the first minute that, um, you know, the ball's been kicked, he's been fantastic. You know, just on Billy's question, we know that they've looked at, you know, many Leicester players, the two we've just mentioned, um, Harvey Barnes earlier in the summer, which they were priced out of. Um, Thielmans, I think, is a, is a hard one because, you know, you've got a player who could, arguably walk into, you know, 18 or 19 of these Premier League teams. He's going to have options. He's out of contract next summer, which means, you know, clubs can can go from in January for nothing. Um, a lot of European teams will be after him. He'll be wanting Champions League football. That might prove, you know, just a little bit too soon for Newcastle. Madison, you know, we know they really, really liked him in the summer. They were priced out, but, you know, his contract isn't out until 2024. But, if Leicester are really struggling in January, you could see Newcastle going back in for a bid straight away because it looks, from what we've seen so far this season, as Newcastle have been crying out for a number 10 like Madison um, in their team. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them go back in for him in January over Thielmans. Um, but I think unless Leicester massively dropped their valuation of Harvey Barnes, I couldn't see that one happening. But 
there's options there to, to go and try and steal a steal a decent addition. And I think what we'll see is is exactly what we saw in the last year at Newcastle when it comes to transfers and it's them sticking to the same four or five names and just continuing to test the water. You know, you look at everyone they've signed, they've been somewhere on that list of targets and they may have not been first, second or third, but you know, they were on a, on a certain list. And again, I think that's something to applaud because as we've said many times, it'd be so easy just to throw them the checkbook at things. But what they, they, they're looking for is not just someone with talent, but with the right character who applies themselves, right? Who can handle everything that comes with being a Newcastle United player, everything that comes with, you know, all the attention that is on Newcastle at the moment. And I do think we'll see a very similar, if not the same approach, where when Newcastle go back in the market and journey, do not be surprised if it is a name uh, that was linked either this summer they didn't get or or, or back in January um, earlier this year. Yeah, 100%. I think we, you know, Botman was the perfect example in the summer. They went from in January, they were sort of priced out or, or told that it wouldn't happen in that window. But, you know, they kept at it. They laid the groundwork and then, you know, they got the deal done. Um, you know, clubs, as Eddie Howe have said, were really, really stubborn when he castled in the summer. Um tried to, you know, make it very, very hard for them to do deals, whether that's because, you know, they see them as a threat or whatever reason. Newcastle United, just like with the Madison deal, stuck their guns, they weren't going to be prepared to overpay. And you could potentially see them going back in in January and maybe getting a cheaper deal, you know, when a club maybe pushed, you know, under a bit more pressure to sell. So I completely agree. I think we'll see a lot of names linked in January that were linked over the summer. And this time they'll probably get some of them. Sean asks uh, if it's 50 million if that's not enough for James Madison how much do you go for? How much How much do you pay for him? I mean if you look at the market now you know I think worse players than James Madison are going for 50 million these days I think at the time you know Newcastle were trying to play hardball a bit and get a cheaper deal Leicester thinking that Leicester had to sell Leicester really did well to stick to their guns I think around £50 million is fair for Madison. I think we've seen already this season and what he's done. I think it's crying shame that he's not in that England setup um, under Southgate. I think £50 million, I think if that's what Leicester you know, charge you in January, I think if I was Newcastle, I think I'd be snapping that up. One to watch. And we'll, we'll just finish briefly. You mentioned there Southgate again. And yet again, the, the rumours have, have surfaced that Eddie Howe was among the favourites to replace Gareth Southgate if the FA decide that he's not the man. You can't see Gareth Southgate going before the World Cup and then you're into January and Eddie Howe will undoubtedly have uh, room to manoeuvre in the, in the January transfer market so you can't then see Eddie Howe wanting to, to leave Newcastle and I don't believe for a moment Newcastle would be open to, to letting Eddie Howe leave their project. Look, I think Eddie Howe in, in England would be you know a good fit I think it would suit him I think he would get the best out of this crop of young players but I also think as as we said the other week on the podcast Eddie Howe you know only working part-time just wouldn't suit him at all you know he's, he's the first one at the training ground in the morning he's the last one to leave and I just think you know managing two games every couple of months just wouldn't be up for him so look I'm not I'm not saying that it won't happen but I, I don't think um he would ever choose to leave this Newcastle United team at this present moment for the England job. I think when it comes to England, Southgate's lucky in the sense that there's a World Cup in two months' time because I think if this was a you know, a year where there wasn't a tournament, I think he'd probably be away. 
I think he'd probably be sacked. So I think, you know, the FA have given him a contract until 2024. I can see him staying beyond the World Cup. Maybe if they don't perform in the World Cup, he goes and they revisit it. But I, I can't see how leaving, um, you know, for this, for the, you know, leaving this Newcastle United project to go and take over England where there isn't a tournament for another two years. Fingers crossed. Um, Roger Cook says Eddie's family are now settled up here. He won't move again. Sean says snap Madison up for 50, definitely. But uh, Southgate, what a joke. Uh, fingers crossed the Eddie House stays with us. Well, chaps, that has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider. And head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep you up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news.